At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What it do, baby? It's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Back at it again. And you know what sounds fun to me today? Interviewing the author of the brand new book, That Sounds Fun. That's right. Annie F. Downs is on the pod today. Somehow I was able to get her to stop doing the 48 things she does a day to come on the pod and chop it up with me for an hour or so. She's got a brand new book coming out called that sounds fun she has a podcast by the same name that sounds fun and she does it all she speaks she preaches she influences she's a business leader she interviews the most high profile guests ever and all does it with uh, amazing personality and charm and wit and energy and everything i just can't say enough about her and I was so honored to have her on the pod. And you probably know who she is. If you listen to my podcast, you probably know who Annie F. Downs is. So I don't even need to talk you into listening to what's about to happen. But if you haven't, be sure to check out her new book, That Sounds Fun. Check out her podcast by the same name. And check her out on Instagram, at Annie F. Downs. Okay, enough yapping. Let's get to my conversation with Annie F. Downs. On today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. We did it. We finally did it. Somehow, <laughs> my team came through for once and got me an actual celebrity Stop to it. come on a text. the podcast. <laughs> Today, I have Annie F. Downs, podcast interview extraordinaire, author of 11 books. You <laughs> preach, you speak, you tour, you... Yeah. Uh, Apparently from YouTube, you cross-stitch. Yeah, I, I'm ish. picking it up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, along with 28 other hobbies, of which I relate to you so well, because I get sucked <laughs> into hobbies very easily, too. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the pod and spending your variable very valuable time with me. Uh, how are you doing today over in Nash? Preach. I'm so happy to be here. What a joy. 
I just think this is so fun. That intro was far too generous. It literally was, I think you said, hey, you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> February? I mean, like, I feel like it was very, very casual, but I'm grateful to be here. I like what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, and it's, it is an honor to talk to you. The last time we talked was I was in Nashville mooching yeah. off of your studio pre-pandemic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which was uh, su- such days. a fun trip for me. And I was uh, so uplifted, not only by you, but by your team. Yeah. Um, what is your assistant's name? Emma. You you saw Emma no, and Emma, Jenna. Emma and Jenna. Jenna yeah. is your like day to day. Yeah, chief anti officer. Yeah, your that's title. right. Uh, yeah. And Emma, obviously, huge fan of her as well. Yes. I was just so impressed by the people that you surround yourself with, and I get oh, it. Thanks. Like I get it how you're so productive because if anybody that has never heard of Annie Downs, uh, you do a lot in yeah. a little amount of time. And for the normal person, it would be exhausting, but it seems like you have. I mean, it is exhausting. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> to be yeah, fair, yeah. I do need to sleep every night. Right. There's but no you... like superpower here. It is exhausting. But, you know, you can do a lot when you have good people around you helping you get it all done. Yes. And so it, it has been incredibly fun building a team. You know, a lot of people in our job don't build businesses like uh-huh. this and don't build teams. They, they get done what they want to get done with an assistant or with a manager or an agent. And um, I need more help than most people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably what we're learning, Breach, is that I actually just am like, need more help. Yeah. That's the real, real. Yeah, but man, we love to use it. It's one of the joys of having the studio in Nashville is that when friends come through in non-pandemic times, when friends come through and go, hey, I want to interview these three people who live in Nashville. I'm like, well, come on. You can use my spot. That's why we have it. That was the it best. Is. I mean, I need it a couple of hours a week. There are a lot of hours left that other people can use it. And I love when that happens. Yeah. I was, I was so grateful and you charge a great price too. pretty much close to zero. (laughs) Pretty close to Uh, zero. That's right. Um, And you have, (laughs) that's uh, what you think. Your manager is Blake Shelton's former manager, right? (laughs) Tour manager. or something. Uh, Yes. And around, yes, she, she worked along with him on his team. Yeah. That's exactly right. I was imp- who was her? What was her name? I, I forgot her name. Her name is Kelly. Kelly. And she yeah. was super impressive she was too because she was basically too. like, yeah. "Hey, both of y'all need to shut up and stop talking because Annie's actually got some real work to do. So get the <laughs> heck out of my face." And I was like, "I really respect you." For that. I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody the other day asked me if I could go on this trip, and I was like, "No, I checked with my team, and we just don't think it's a good time or whatever." And the guy jokingly said, "I thought you were the boss," and I was like, "You are so wrong." <laughs> I'm like, third. I was like, "I have." Yeah, I have eight bosses. <laughs> I am. I may be the employer, but that does not make me the boss. Wow. But, but I, I like it that way, Preach. I like that there are all these people that are super invested in the work we get to do and the impact we get to have. And they help draw really healthy lines for me in a world where it's very easy for me to go like, I'll get that done tomorrow. Or I want to go on all these trips or I want to do all that. And they, I need other people to help me balance that. It's also part of not being married yet is I don't go go home and ping pong these ideas off of somebody. And right. so having all these work teammates to ping pong things off of and to say, should, should we do this? Should we not do this? It, it is, it is what makes me able to be effective and healthy. You can sometimes be effective and not healthy, or you can be healthy and not effective. And hopefully we're, we're both because I have a team around me that gets it done. Yeah. I was so impressed. And it's like a, a testament for the things that you're accomplishing. Like, uh, as having a small taste of this world a little bit, the whole yeah. writing and all that kind of stuff. I am tapped out doing 
a tenth of what you do. And so I don't well, know. Well, I, I was probably too when I started, but remember I'm on my I'm on my ninth year of this being my full time job. So yeah. almost for a decade this has been my full time job. And also before this, I spent four years trying to make this my full time job. Dang. And so it's a it's I've been doing this since two thousand eight. This isn't like a and so of course you feel that because your muscles are new to this workout. Yeah. The longer you do this workout, the stronger you're gonna get at it. And that, so of course you feel that. I feel that some days too. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you can't tell, Annie is an author and a speaker. Annie, for those that don't haven't been following your career and all of your content that you put out, do you mind giving a quick background about you you know, you said you've been working for this to be your full time job. Maybe yeah. how you got here like what your background looks like and then kind of all the things you're up to right now other yeah, than the book so that we're about I, to talk about. That's right. That sounds fun. Um, so I'm Annie F. Downs. Do you know there's another Annie Downs? Have we talked about this? Uh, just She's a quilter. Oh, an actual quilter. In Australia. And yeah, have she beef. makes quilting patterns. Have I want to. Beef. She won't engage. I totally think it'd be great. No, she, it, it, and it, but I get tagged a lot in her patterns. When she releases <laughs> new patterns, I'm like, well, here she goes again because I'm getting tagged 19 times. Um, so I grew up in Georgia, went to University of Georgia, go to Oxycum, mm. and studied to be a teacher. And the truth, preach, is that I literally have one skill set and God has just found ways to use it in a lot of different environments. I just entertain people until they learn something. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I did with fourth graders. And that's what I did with fifth graders. And that's what I do in my books and on my podcast and on Sunday mornings at churches and on stages where I'm invited. I mean, that that's what I do is I get to bring, and you, you have this personality too, that, that no one's going to accuse me of being the one who's too serious in the room. Right. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so- but what people, there is something really special that happens. And you know this, we all know this. There's something really special that happens when we get to laugh and learn. There, yes. it, it opens you up, men and women, which is really important to me because I'm not just friends with women. I like being friends with dudes too and being a part of their spiritual life and their growth. So, yeah. so I started writing books and I wrote my first book in 2006. Are you ready for this? It did not get published till 2012. Whoa. So I got 47 rejections and <sighs> I still have them all. So for, I love the like, I'm new at this. How do I do this? Cause I'm like, bro, I know. I mean- six years between when I wrote it and when someone actually put it on a shelf. That's And isn't that wild? That's wild. And that takes some resilience because even a couple, one rejection yeah. doesn't feel good, especially for people right. like us, I think, because yeah. we put a lot of worth in what we do and want to make people feel good. And if they're saying no to something that we're trying to give the world, it doesn't really yes. feel great. So my first, I, I started kind of, I started writing for teen girls because that was kind of the group I was interacting with a lot. I was leading youth group at my church. And so I was involved in a lot of that. And then as I progressed, so my first three books were for teen girls. And then I started writing for adults. And so I've been doing nonfiction, uh, kind of like you write, not nonfiction, Christian living or something mm -hmm. <laughs> like just. And for me, it is me telling my the stories of the life I've lived, the experiences I've had, the ones that are um, personal, but not private. I think that's a really important distinction people need to make as they're writing is what's public, what's personal and what's private. Yeah. yeah. And, like and vulnerable, what, but not like yeah. TMI. 
Yeah, that's right. And and it is very appropriate for some things to stay private forever. And it's very appropriate for some things to stay private for four years. Hmm. And so writing books allows you, for me, it's a process where I sit down and write. And it, I know that what I'm writing today doesn't come out for years. And yeah. so I can like write my real feelings of how something's going down. And then we can edit it before I turn it in. And then my editor can edit it and send it back. And then I can go, you know, I actually don't want that story in there and pull it. Right. Mm. So I, um, you're right. I have 11 billion books out now. I have like a handful of books out. And the most recent one is that sounds fun, which is named after the podcast. So that's the other thing. So if, if my career is a three-legged stool, it is writing books, speaking at conferences, events, and Sunday mornings at churches and, uh, the podcast that sounds fun podcast it, that comes out twice a week. Yeah. And your podcast is massive. I know you won't say it for yourself, but your podcast is massive. It's as just somebody, massive. As no. <laughs> somebody who jumps into these waters periodically, yeah. you have, uh, like you have like 7,000 reviews and it's all five stars and it's not easy to do that because oh, people nice. are very honest on the internet more so than in real life, uh, which I think is a testament to your podcast really kind. and you interview you. you and I'm really not here to flatter you. I'm just very honored to talk to you. Well, I don't read the reviews. So you not. telling me that that's true is very kind. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, you uh, interview lots of people and, uh, yeah, it's Ain't really it fun. Are you it loving is. it? I, this is, this is the part I like the most. I don't like uh-huh. coordinating. I don't like producing. I don't like scheduling. Right. You need a chief preacher officer to That's get right. some of that handled for you. And I do have, I do have one. Her name's Sarah Michael and she's helped me start help helping me the past like three or four weeks. Um, oh, is it a game changer? Yes. So huge. she helps me with this the thing, and the newsletter. Yes. The thing that we need to remember in, in the faith world and in our world, wherever, whatever you believe is that p- some people are gifted to help other people do what God's called them to do. And that is their actual calling. Yeah. And they thrive in that. And I struggled so long with that because I thought, I don't want someone working for me. That feels weird and da da da. And then people and the Lord just really like, hey, what if I built people like that? What if there are people that are built, the Sarah Michaels of the world, yeah. who for a season of her life will help you do what you're called to do? Brilliant. So legit. And it's like, you yes. can, it's impressive that you can tangibly see the gift, the difference in gifts. Yeah. Like for me, she's very fine with saying, I need this now and I need mm-hmm. this like within the next 30 minutes because I won't be able to get this. Like just so organized and so helpful Yes, in, in, in a way that's not insulting to me. It's like, oh, this person is keeping me successful by that's right. asking me the questions. So that's right. Um, they are, they are actually the ones when we get to heaven, you and I are going to be like mowing the grass right. and they're going to be the ones that are sitting in the front row. Cause Lounging. really it, it is without the, the one, the ones who are doing the work behind the scenes. They're the ones that are, that I think God round applause is for, you yeah. know, amazing. And I'm so grateful for anybody that's able to help me like that. And, me you know, too. I've seen that people help you like, be super efficient and effective. Yes. So we're here to talk about, um, so the podcast is That Sounds Fun, and it's yes. It's been going for how many years? Uh, we just started our seventh year. Seventh year. Um, yeah, we started in 2014. And it is uh, progressively grown and grown and grown, and you've had bigger yeah. and bigger guests. And it seems like you probably maintain those friendships in some way, which, I mean, if you go look at the listing of all your episodes, you have a new person in there twice a week or give yeah. or take. Uh, yeah. And it's all so good because it's all uplifting. And if it's not uplifting, it's talking about hard stuff that needs to be talked yeah. about. Uh, yes. I think anybody could listen and get something out of it. 
if not just to talk to people like Ben Rector, who is just like all fun all the time and is super talented and it's just like pure entertainment. And isn't it amazing just to hear him? He, he, this is why you and I love getting to do this podcasty thing is I get to sit down with these people, these guests who end up being a friend of mine in some degree, whether it's, we never meet again, but we say hi in DMS every now and again, or Ben who lives down the street. right? Right. Is that when you're sitting in a conversation like you and I are doing right now, something gets built right here between us. Mm-hmm. And and it is our decision whether we walk away from that forever. And sometimes we do. And or whether we go like, man, I'm I'm thankful that that existed. And I bet we'll do it again and maybe some other way. And we'll be at a table sometime and we'll be at a conference sometime. And and so I, it, it matters to me that the guests that come on my show feel like. I, I honor the thing we've built together yeah. and I believe it will make something good for others. And even if, even if no one listened, I mean, it's a pretty great networking tool and <laughs> friendship making tool. Like even if nobody listens sure. to this, which barely anyone does, uh, I get a friend out of it or I get a great person to reconnect with down the line. That's right. Uh, we are always building. I mean, it's a John Mark Comer thing. Do you follow him? Do you know his work? Uh, I've read his books or I've read, oh, I've read the Garden book. City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, elimination Curry. Oh, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. The ruthless elimination Curry. Ruthless hurry. elimination Curry. In Garden City, one of the things he talks about is is how we were always meant to take natural resources and build them into something. That's what God called us to do from the beginning. That's why the Bible starts in a garden and ends in a city. Is and doesn't go back to a garden is wow. because we were meant to take natural resources and turn them into something. That is what you are doing in this conversation is we are taking these natural resources we both offer and we're building something new. And, and every time that's, that is good work that is worth our time. Yeah. And I, yeah. and it matters to me. It feels every time it feels fulfilling. I mean, there's every been time. maybe a couple where it's like, wow, I really had to work to get something out of that person. But 100%. most, most often it's like after I'm just energized and not, yeah. you know, some people aren't energized by that, but for me, it always feels like a fulfilling thing and yeah. it feels like a good use of time. One way yeah. or other, even yeah. if no one listens. All yeah, right. That's exactly right. Enough on that. You wrote a book by the same name. That sounds fun. Yes. And I like it. Plenty of people will be flattering about this, but I freaking loved this book. I mean, uh, that meant so much to me. You're my first friend that read the whole thing. Really? And that said it to me. Yes. No, I admit it will never. That will never not be true. You will always be the first person who read that whole thing and told me that they liked it. And that means the world to me. That uh, And. I mean it like the way you write this is very digestible and approachable, but also super vulnerable. I mean, basically you're writing about love, uh, writing about finding joy in little things. You're writing about getting new hobbies and being okay with being, you know, an amateur at something. And a lot of it is also like introspection of yourself Mm. through these different kind of periods of life or these different places in your life. Um, What, I imagine there's there's several things, but what was the moment that finally you decided like, hey, this is what my next book is going to be? And don't tell me a publisher told you you need to write this. Uh, no, 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 no. Because no, I know no. you're not that type of person. <laughs> um, and I, I am grateful when publishers have a hole that they want one of us to fill. But that true. was not this story, <laughs> in this one. You know, with my last couple of books, let me back up, and this won't be long. But let me tell you a little bit about the one before this. It's called Remember God. Yeah. yeah. And the cover is black, <laughs> and it is a really painful story of my a part of my life. Uh, 
of being single and going through a depression and missing out on New York Times bestseller list hmm. and and having some things, cr- a lot of things crumbled in a small amount of time in my life. And when I finished writing that one, I literally said to my agent, I don't think I can do this again. Like that one filleted me. Yeah. And not only did was the experience hard, but reliving it was really hard. And Sheesh. when the book came out, yeah, it was my fourth nonfiction for adults, I think, third or fourth, fourth. And and what had happened before is people had gone, I would see people share and they'd say, Hey, you should read this. Or, hey, this is one you should give to your so-and-so. And with Remember God Preach, people started mailing me letters. And they started saying, here is how I've been disappointed with God. And and, and I needed to read your story. Yeah. And as that started happening, as I started getting those letters, I thought, if, if I can walk people into the dark parts of their story— can I walk them into joy they don't know yet? And can I, can this be, I'm, I'm a real big believer that when I'm done writing, whether it's because I've left the planet or because I call it quits, Mm -hmm. I want all my books to sit on a shelf and it tell one big story. And, 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 and so I thought, okay, if we went there and remember God, where can we go next? And, yeah. and the, thing I, the thing I needed in my life after a big part of my faith deconstructed and fell apart hmm. is I needed to go back to where this whole thing started and figure out how to rebuild it. And wow. so I went back to, you know, this from the book, I went back to some of my childhood places and things and went like, yeah, why? What was it about snapping green beans with my grandmother that makes me cry 35 years later? Yeah. What is it about that? Like those old, how come when my parents moved out of their house, it tore me up the most when I moved away from Atlanta 15 years ago? Yeah. And, and so I had to figure out how those things tied together. And I think what I learned and what I tried to express in the book is, is, it is what we learned with inside out, right? That joy and sadness actually go better together than apart. And we and love they that movie. Each, oh, me too. <laughs> it taught me everything. I mean, I went like, this is why I'm afraid of sadness. And this is why it's all been going wrong. And my counselor and I went round about it with that inside <laughs> out movie. But that's what happened with that. Sounds fun. As I thought people think I'm an expert on fun because that's the title of the podcast. And because I'm an Enneagram seven and I am, I do prioritize fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that walking people into hard parts of their story would then give me permission to figure out how to walk them into the best parts of their story. And that's what we're trying to do with that sounds fun. So kind of a, almost like a exhale or like, yeah, that's beautiful. A moment of refreshing feeling. Cause like if you sit there in, thinking about dark things all the time mm-hmm, at a certain mm-hmm. point you're trying to s- help people also get the opposite into that as that's well. right and you and felt- realize that they stand together right and you can feel both and you can i mean you have i know you're very nautical you've seen a lot of um <laughs> dolphins in your life right we've all seen dolphins jump up and go back down jump up and go back down even mm-hmm. whales have to co- i mean n- n- we've got to breathe yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got to come up. And so, and you know, the other thing, I wonder if you felt this, have you felt that um, there are times where I would always, I have for a long time struggled with 
because I love fun, does that make me immature? Mm-hmm. And or does it feel because, like I'm not growing up? Yeah. I guess it's saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and then God started doing a real work in me about like, Annie, what if I did this on purpose? And I was like, well, why would you do that to me? <laughs> why would one do that to me if mm-hmm. this is going to make, and it's because we need fun Yeah, maybe now more than ever. I mean, yeah, with I the world, the way it is, we, we need to put 30 minutes on our calendar that says, you know what? I'm going to come up for air. Right. <laughs> I'm going to put my phone down. I am going to work on a puzzle or go on a run or play soccer with my kids or cook something in the kitchen. I haven't done. I'm going to try something I've never tried before because we just need to take a deep breath, not because we need to leave the deep water, but because we're going to have to go back. Yeah. And I want to be the friend that reminds people to take a deep breath. That's such, that's such a service to people because I think a lot of people, including myself, it is very easy to think I'm not doing enough. Like the, I work so hard, but I, if I take a break from this or if I do something purely that's for fun, then I'm someone else is going to get ahead of me or I'm resting mm-hmm. on my laurels and I'm being mm-hmm. lazy or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in fact, like if you do some of those things, especially like the things you talk about in the book, literally doing something just for the pleasure of it. Yes. You always feel like I'm glad I did that. If you yes. do it the right way. Um, I mean, it's like tithing. It's like Sabbath. It's like all these spiritual disciplines that feel like it's costing you something yeah. actually in the long run or actually deposits into your life. Yeah. And, and I would say choosing fun, making space for hobbies, making space in your spiritual life and your physical life and your emotional life and your work life to have a good time is actually going to be a deposit in who you want to be in the long run. Yeah. And the way you write about that is such like, a, it feels applicable because you talk about things that I think a lot of us have experienced, like literally going to a concert venue or seeing like having a special experience with a celebrity randomly or uh, having this like super peaceful, quiet moment in the country at your grandparents' house. Uh, The way you wrote about it, I don't feel many things when I write books. There's only a few books that I've like gotten kind of emotional about. And this was one of them for like no real specific reason other than just that. Like, I think I can relate very well to how you appreciate things and like understanding when you're in a moment like that. Whatever for whatever reason, you, the way you wrote this made me feel some of those things. I was like, "Wow, this woman who doesn't know me is saying things that I think or want to like, think." Downs back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of my headspace, woman. Okay, preach. Have you seen the show on Netflix called The Repair Shop? Uh, I've seen it listed. I haven't watched it. Okay, so what? It I'll tell you real quick. It's a great watch. It's like a version of Great British Baking Show, okay. but instead people are bringing in family heirlooms yes. and having them and repair restore them. Yes. Yes. And what you will see over and over again is people in their 60s, 70s, 80s will break down and cry over a childhood toy. And and it it makes mm. you emotional when you're watching. Just like you said, I don't know those people at all. How are why am I Terry watching their teddy bear get restuffed? Right. But there is, we've got to call that a thing because that happens to all of us. And it's not nostalgia and it's not just memories. It is a deeper longing that is in us for a thing that we have lost. Yeah, yeah. And that is what I talk about in the book. And that's what we try to tap into and go, can we find that again? No. And that's the hard part, Preach, is people, Mm. people want 
what we're looking for and fun that ends up a little bit debauchery or ends up yeah. deep diving too far into nostalgia or escapism is we want to go back and feel, we just want to feel free. I don't, I don't, you and I are very driven. We want to get stuff done, but like four layers below that, we just want to be free. Yeah. And, we just want to be free. And feel okay about the state of our life. Yes. And, yes. And and we actually feel that for people who had safe childhoods, or at least safe moments in their childhoods, you remember that. Yeah. And and what the Bible says is that eternity has been set in the heart of men. I mean, we we are longing for Eden all the time. Yes. We're longing for that all the time. And we actually cannot have it on this side. And and but we can we can do some stepping toward it. Yeah. And we'll that's how we get our teddy bears repaired. Yeah. And that's why, you know, because it's a step toward that simplicity that we've lost. You got to watch that show, by the way. It's so good. We, I mean, we've watched Great British Baking Show all the way through and into like the yeah. Netflix versions of the seasons. Yeah. The only thing we'll I'm missing it. on their pair shop is I want to watch one of them go wrong. I want them to drop <laughs> the porcelain. Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just shatter it. And they never make a mistake. Every, every clock works. Every co- toy car drives. But... Man, in context of this conversation, that show has really moved me watching people over and over search search for simplicity by getting something they loved as a kid repaired. There are some daily comforts that just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life. Petting the dog, hitting the snooze button, and of course, that first cup of coffee. These are things that you can on every day to help you get where you want to go. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the upper room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The upper room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's U-P-P-E-R-R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, again, you write a lot about your own personal, like there's even some serious things about here, like disappointments and, uh, breakups. You can say it. Okay. Yeah. Breakups. It's like a pretty introspective writing. I imagine this was, I imagine this took a long time and like counseling and everything to help bring out some of this stuff. What do you find was the most like significant, realization you learned about yourself through reading oh, wow. this because i think people will will find things out about themselves reading this finding things like oh i didn't know i appreciated that so much about my childhood or whatever yeah what about you um you know i have two answers i have a when i was writing and a when i was editing answer okay when i was writing uh when i got to process through my parents moving away from our childhood home it, that chapter called ebenezer road mm-hmm. i it was as I was writing that, I was talking with my counselor and we really identified why I connect so hard with places. You'll notice every chapter is in a place yep. in the book because I connect really deeply with places and what what happened for me there or to me there. Um, in the chapter about the Ryman Auditorium, I mean, I, every book I write, I'm like embarrassed about if the Ryman Auditorium <laughs> We was get it. You like the Ryman. Serious. <laughs> there'd be like a restraining order, like settle down, Annie. Um, but, and I didn't mean to this time, but, but I, because of an experience I had there, I almost didn't want to go anymore mm-hmm. and had to reclaim through a process of, of going to see Drew Holcomb and the Who neighbors. Amazing. The man. Yes. And Ellie. 
Oh, I they're know. Outstanding. They're unbelievable. That two that two people could get married and have that voice. Those it's voices when their kids start singing, it's going to have to be angelic. I can't know. <laughs> um, and so when I was learning, I think I hadn't I hadn't given myself permission to feel so connected to places. Again, I always felt some shame around like, why do I cry for the first week that I live in a new house? Yeah, yeah. Or why why can't I when I get a new car, why is that emotional for me? Like Annie, I, I kind of was shaming myself a lot over it. Mm-hmm. And and then as my counselor and I started working through it and I started really thinking, I was like, no, that's okay that you connect like that. Like feel those things. Your feelings are true. They shouldn't drive the car, but they're allowed to ride. Yeah. Your feelings are true. I don't know if dudes do this as much as girls do, but when girls cry, we're always like, sorry, I'm really tired or I'm about to start my period or <laughs> I'm just hungry, you know? And it's, it's like, st- stop saying all that. Yeah, yeah. Why you're crying because something feels true. Right. Your feelings are true. They may be escalated by some of those things, but your feelings are true. Mm-hmm. So it has removed shame from my self narrative in that way of going like, it is okay that you feel disconnected um, at times to certain places. Wow. When I was editing it, I had a handful of different friends edit it for me. Um, I particularly went, went to some of my friends of from other races and some dudes mm-hmm. to read it and tell me how it just sounded like a white girl book. Yeah. I didn't want it to, right. I can't help it. That is me, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to be, I wanted some chances to change things uh, based on knowledge that I didn't have. Tell me what I don't know. Right. And, and it was a painful process. And there were some things that I was embarrassed about and sad about in some ways that I had not represented the kingdom of God as well as I wanted to. I represented a segment hmm. and, but luckily only five people saw that yeah. and those five and- read it and handed it right back and I fixed it. And so I learned a lot about my worldview and how it's, it is still my worldview. I can't change, but I can certainly learn and grow. And I'm grateful for that chance. It, I'm different from the editing of this book than I was before. Did uh, I, you mentioned Twitch in the book, if I can remember correctly. <laughs> Are you was, proud of that? Was that part of the editing or was that, because I remember reading, no, that. I was like, I there's no that. way this woman is watching Twitch. No, I'm not watching Twitch, but I did. Well, I have watched them. I've watched them before, but I do know Twitch exists. Yeah. And I did know that that was, was like, no, right. that wasn't me. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I really, I love culture. I love like pop culture mm-hmm. and I, which are you friends with the people from the pop cast yet, by the way? Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Knox uh, and Jamie. Knox. I interviewed him when his last Super. book came out. Good. He's a you hoot. Need to, They're both a hoot. He's a hoot. That's a great word for it. He's a hoot. Um, they, yeah, you're right. They both are, but they love pop culture too. But I, so I like knowing what my friends are into. And so a lot of my friends like watching Twitch videos. <laughs> do you even say Twitch videos or do you say Twitches? Uh, no, I think you say Twitch videos or streams. Yeah. My wife, streams. that's it. That's it. My wife rolls her eyes pretty consistently about it. It's like when we go to bed, sometimes I'll put on these stupid <laughs> Twitch streams. Okay. Well, I'm do like, you know what? Back in the day, pre Twitch, there's an author named John Green. I don't know if you know who he is. He writes n- novels. Mm-mm. And he used to play uh, the soccer one, MLS or FIFA. Or MLS? FIFA, yeah, sorry, yep. FIFA. <laughs> so now, now you're showing my true colors. He used to play FIFA and record it and then would tell stories. And so I would watch, because I'm a fan of his work, I would watch his FIFA videos. <laughs> 
So then I was like, I really care about these teams and they're made up and he's slide tackling by pushing up B or whatever. Uh I don't know. But so I'm into it. I'm into it. That's awesome. Yeah, I was impressed. It's like, okay, she's really kind of hitting the wide, uh, widespread culture points here. If she's mentioning Twitch and like you talk about chess, you talk about Mm -hmm. Dolly Parton, you talk about (laughs) Yeah, Dollywood. Have Uh, you been? I have not. No. Oh, y'all got to come. Y'all got to come and go to Dollywood with me. Uh, from from afar, it seems a little little tacky, if I'm being honest. Uh, have you looked? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's fair. <laughs> or maybe that's the whole that. thing. Uh, I think I. Th- well, the thing you probably you need to maybe check them out on Instagram and look at the roller coasters. The roller coasters okay. are very fun. Okay. There's like seven or eight good roller coasters, and then there is a lot of like um, Americana music yeah, around. Yeah. And everything's named after Dolly Parton or someone in her family. Like every restaurant is named after someone in her family That's or someone awesome. she knows. And it's a little kitschy, but it's also very fun. And you, uh, have you had her on your pod yet or no? No, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. She's having a moment. I missed her. I should have gotten her before her moment. Like, I mean, she's always been Dolly Parton, but because of Dolly Parton's America, the podcast that came out about her, do uh, you know Dolly Parton's America? No, I don't. Preach. Listen. <laughs> is it good? I'm you give me you. so many recommendations. Sorry. Okay, let me tell you why though. Here's the thing: her, the guy who's doing the show, his dad is an ER doctor here in Nashville, okay. and Dolly Parton was in a car wreck, and he was her doctor, and then they stayed friends. So the guy only knew her as his dad's friend, Dolly. Yeah. And so then he realized who she was, and he started doing research. So the podcast is him learning who his dad's friend is. Ah, uh, that's cool. It's great. It's that's great. a cool perspective. Even if you don't like Dolly, it's a very fascinating pod. Interesting. Sorry, you were making a list of things. This is what it's like to be friends with. Hey, this is great. Just- no, this is like I mean, because we're always looking for something to watch or listen to. Uh, right. Let's see. So, okay. t- so far, we said Twitch. <laughs> yeah, Twitch. <laughs> the repair shop. Instagram. I need to Dolly read. Parton. Oh, I, the I need, repair shop. I need to read. Remember God. I haven't read that of yours yet. And then Dolly Parton's yeah. America. Or you can do audiobook. I'm I'm audiobook on all those things too. Okay, sweet. I can put one in the middle. Whatever. I'm gonna pay whatever is the most full price because. You know, <laughs> Support your friends. We're friends, right? At this point, a hundred percent. Are you yes. kidding? Yes, I did it. You gave us so much swag when you came through town. <laughs> swag givers are friends automatically. Heck yeah, I found that to be a pretty effective uh, relationship building tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. All right. So back to the book, real briefly. Um, so you, you have your takeaways. Yeah. And but we want people to know what they can maybe expect out of the book or what they can take away yeah. from it. What would you say your top two or three takeaways you want for the reader to be? And then we could talk yeah. about some completely off topic stuff. Oh, excellent. Well, it's on topic because we just decide whatever we want to talk that's about. Right. Is true. It's our world. Um, that's right. It's your show. Um, thank, that's a very kind question. Thank you. I, my hope. Well, so for my friends who already are in some sort of faith relationship my with God, mm-hmm. my hope is that that there will be kind of a an invitation to simplicity, but not in like a feng shui your house kind of way, but an invitation to go back to some things you used to love that made your life feel more simple. Okay. I just, I want people, I just saw someone yesterday, the audio book has been out for a while. And so a lot of people have listened to the whole thing now, even though they don't, the books get in hands on February 2nd, mm-hmm. but they, um, a girl said yesterday on Instagram, I've been trying to figure out what sounds fun to me. It's a question I've never asked myself until I read that sounds fun. And that's what I want people to do. I want them to ask themselves, you know what, what does sound fun to me? Right. Why, and, and then why, 
What is it about the French horn that I love so much? What is it about soccer that I love so much? What is it about snapping green beans with my grandmother that I love so much? So, so figure out what sounds fun to you and then figure out why. And I think, actually, I know that that is a, that is the start of a path that will lead you towards who you want, who you want to be next. Yeah. Without the, uh, need to be a pro in it or to make money from it. Yes. Or to start creating content about it. Yeah, Just the right. idea of like, I want to do this purely for my own enjoyment yeah. and in hopes that I can uh, recharge or get energy or relax or, I mean, I don't want to say escape from the world, but at least... You can. Yeah. Like uh, like not think about the the cesspool that is Twitter for... That's 30 right. minutes. That's right. That's right. Something. And I think I think escapism isn't bad unless it is your only coping technique. Yeah. I mean, coping techniques, that phrase exists because they're good for you. <laughs> we have to learn how to cope. Right. And if escaping, letting your brain rest from the world for 30 minutes a day, that's one thing. If your escapism, if you're escaping the world by getting drunk at 4 p.m. every day, right. that's a whole different conversation for us to have. Part one, I we hear you. That, yeah. that is there's your life has gotten you to the place where you need you have decided that the best way to live is to do to change your body like that every day. But part two, we got to find you some better healing. Yeah. Right. There's other ways. So. So, yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up, that we don't have to be pros at things, because being an amateur is one of the things I like preach from the rooftops. Like, let us try things we don't know how to do, because that will make you braver in relationship. That will make you braver in. Uh, your workplace that'll make you braver in racial injustice conversations. Yeah. If if we will let each other not be a pro, we will actually end up having way better conversations. Like, hey, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask you this, but or or I I want to try this instrument, but I've never touched it before. I guess I'll try or a sport or a craft or something in the kitchen. Like no matter your socioeconomic level, no matter where you come from, you can try something new and it will almost always bring you joy if you allow yourself to not be a pro. Yeah. And I think you'll look back and find that you have done a lot more than you ever thought you could. Like if you talk your, like that's one thing I like to scream off the rooftops is nobody's saying you can't do, nobody's actually saying you can't do this thing or that thing. Like one thing I did knowing that I probably wasn't going to get in was I applied to Harvard to get my MBA. Oh, wow. Knowing knowing full well that like on paper not that great of a student, but I wanted to sit, tell myself like look, I'm going to go try to do the hardest possible thing ever in my mind. Yeah. And even if I got rejected, at least I got rejected doing something that was beyond what I thought whatever my freaking brain thought was possible for no real yes. reason. Yes. Um, I always One try to get people to do that. calls it insurance against regret. Yes. Keep buying that insurance against regret because when you're, it, it, once you've finished your MBA, you can't say, I wish I'd have applied to Harvard just to see. Yeah. I wish I'd have picked up that instrument just to see. I wish I'd have tried to cook that one meal for that one guy just to see if he'd like it as much as I thought he did. And if you don't try, if you're, if you don't do it because you're afraid and you're afraid of trying something new, you are going to miss those opportunities every time. Yeah. And once you get in the habit of basically saying yes to things or, uh, like just taking a step towards something that you think is a good idea, 
it gets a little easier or at least it turns into a habit where it's like, who says I can't do this? And this is something I talk yeah. to my wife about a lot because she kind of defaults to wanting to be like, no, this is my thing. You know, I'm not the type of person to go do this or that. And I'm like, who said no one is like literally no one other than yourself. Who is told saying, you that? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> now there's certain things like I want to be on the, I want to be on the bulls and play professional basketball. Like, got it. There's some things that yeah. are completely foolhardy, but also nobody's <laughs> saying you can't work in the NBA, like take a step towards something. Right. And I stole that. I mean, that's like right. I didn't come up with that concept, but that's something I, I try to beat into people's brains because I, you, it's great. You and talk you yourself, should. We, you talk yourself yes. out of so many things without even trying to do it. I mean, I've never been a dude, but I have heard over and over again that when men don't ask women out because they're convinced she would say no. Yeah. It's like, bro, give a girl a shot to say yes or no. We right. don't know. You don't actually know. That's not a fact, but you've decided that you're afraid. Now you got married, so you handled it. But, but there are a lot of men and women who are afraid to step into a romantic relationship yeah. because they're predicting rejection. Yeah. We got to quit predicting rejection. And from Harvard, from a man, from a woman, from God, we have to quit predicting rejection and we will have a lot more fun. It's that whole like lizard brain thing. Like once you get rejected once, yeah. you're trying to avoid that feeling ever again. When yeah. in fact, it's like all it takes is one and That's right. it's brutal until you get the one maybe. Yeah. But once you get the one, it's like, dude, all right, that right. was all worth it. Yeah, that's uh, right. In relationships or getting a job or in, in making a sale or making right an album or anything. For yeah. your family. That yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. I love that. And I I wish more people would do that. And I think people will be encouraged to do that um by reading your book. Thank um you. so that comes out with February second? Yes. In print form. It's already out in audiobook form. Yeah. And you can get it for free if you pre-order the print. Is yeah, that what's that's it. So, I mean, similar to you, so many of my friends are audio friends. Yeah. You know, they're people who listen to podcasts all the time and listen to podcasts all the time. And so we thought, what if we, what if when people pre-order the book from anywhere they love to pre-order books, if they automatically got the audio book for free? And what we did with the audiobook is we put, we got it scored. So it's like music that's not anywhere else. Oh, cool. So each of the sections is scored independently. And there's three podcast interviews on the end that don't exist anywhere else with people from the book. Oh, nice. And so it's like a big fat podcast. Dang. That's what we call it. No, we don't. <laughs> but I just did. I just did. <laughs> so, if and people... so that just felt like a fun thing for our friends who wanted to hear, who are audio friends anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like that's where they're going to spend all their time. That's and it's great. me reading it. It's my voice. It's me crying twice. All the things. You get it. <laughs> how is that? Like, I'm going to have to do that here in like three weeks. How, yeah, for my own, my own benefit, how is that experience for you? You've done it several times, I'm sure. Is it a grind well, or I'm what? I'm a performer, so I like doing it because you get to perform your book. Uh-huh. It is it is a little bit of a grind because you're in a booth. I always stand up. A lot of people sit down, but I stand up like I'm doing a sermon or like I'm doing a teaching. Yeah, and and perform it and really like act it out a little bit. And um, and so I think you're actually going to probably like it. My guess, knowing you and me, you and I aren't going to like go slow. <laughs> and like get it perfect every time right yeah. and so we get done a little bit faster than the average perfectionist <laughs> no, i'm good with that take <laughs> yeah yeah no no no. i know i said sharp instead of uh flat i don't care <laughs> yeah. we're gonna keep going just, and they're like nope oh it's the worst because you're just reading and then in your head she goes you uh said sharp you said sharp and you're like i, I don't care she's like I need you to back up to the start of that paragraph. And you're like, I'm going to absolutely jump out of this window. There again, another person with don't. giftings uh, <laughs> yeah. opposite oh, from our Can own. you imagine? I cannot. Are, are you, where are you doing it there? 
do, you, do people know where you live? Uh, Dallas area. Yeah. Yes. I was like, I know where you live. Uh-huh. So are you doing it there in Dallas? Yeah. Uh-huh. They found a studio for me. Yeah. I mean, slight flex. I mean, I feel pretty cool about it. Yeah, you should. Reading my book that I wrote. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, you only, the thing is, this is true, writing books, editing books, and reading books like this for audiobook is you only get to do it one time. And yeah. it is a piece of work that lasts for a really long time, hopefully. Hopefully. And so what a what a joy to get to do it. I, I can't wait to hear you read it. <sighs> I mean, it is it is like this this whole past year has been me doing things that I've never done before and people expecting me to know what I'm doing. Like just like with the podcast. Right. Like right. I, I only just recently got a workflow that uh seems repeatable to me. Like every time I'm like screwing Thank something you, Sarah up. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like every time I'm screwing something up and relearning how to do yeah. this right. And people want to you like, haven't quit. That's the thing, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And people, people assume if you do something like this, that you are in a studio or know what you're doing or know how to edit, know how to use a program and like, and technically where are you since people can't see us? Where are you? I'm in my home office. <laughs> I am I... in my guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, blanket nailed to the wall. I missed it all winter. It's my favorite blanket. I nailed it to the wall at the beginning of the pandemic when we started recording podcasts here. For sound but yeah, purposes? I mean, yeah. yeah and people can't see, but I have better. an egg crate stapled to my door and wall for that same purpose. So right. Super I mean, pros. Big so. time pros. Big time pros, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I I could talk to you forever because- were those well you're coming on my show in a couple of months so we're gonna do part two of this so maybe i think coming we, up in april yeah maybe i think we save some of the more preachers and sneakers related stuff for that because uh all my, my book is about all that um because okay. i would love to get your perspective because one you know everybody and you know a lot of people that have been featured on my account and yes. you also have kind of lived somewhat of this experience kind of and i keep now now you've done a thing that i don't think you meant to do where now people like the the people who get featured don't want to be featured, right? But the next tier, <laughs> we do they want, want almost ask. they yeah. want you to see their shoes. <laughs> and I'd like to raise my hand and say, "Me too." I show you every time I wear glittery sneakers. That's on true, stage. and that is true. And I I do feel honored to be at least part of your uh, approval committee. A hundred percent. And I mine are Mark Jacobs, so they're right at a hundred dollars. Everybody can know, and I love them. But every time I'm like. I should probably show preach these just to make sure That's right. he's down with them. <laughs> I love so you accidentally became both the judge, the jury and the, I don't know. And the cool guy. I you guess. became the cool guy. Uh, like, like I said, my therapy budget skyrocketed for sure because oh, like, the way some of the people talk to you. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I, and I'm hoping that look, I'll self-serve here for a couple minutes. Like I'm hoping that Please. with my book that they'll at least get an understanding of, why I did what I did or like what my perspective yeah. is about the whole thing. And I'm not just some doofus in a basement. That's like trying to troll people. That's right. Because that's right. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the multiple ways that we can communicate with our audiences right now is they get something from me on Twitter that I'm thinking right now, they get this conversation with you and I in a couple of days and they get books of what's going on right now in two years. Yeah. And why that matters is my friends who've been listening to my podcast and been a part of my life for the last three years, they didn't know all the stuff going on in the background. They didn't know all the breakups. I don't talk about that publicly. There's a whole chapter about called The Pet Shop that is Mm -hmm. heartbreaking in my book that no one knew went on because it was 
it was just the saddest thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I mean, I cried the whole audiobook. I did not love thing. that chapter either for I that know, very reason. I mean, I, I liked it, but I did not enjoy it's what awful. I was feeling. <laughs> I know it's so sad. And so, so the beautiful thing you've done with your book is you are getting what we will get to do is while we've seen you publicly for years, we will get to learn the heart behind the public and that will make the whole experience richer. It's why I enjoy that we have these multiple outlets yeah. that we get to share our stories because they all work together to make the stories richer. Yeah. And I paid her to say that folks, she's my best <laughs> salesperson. So be on the lookout Fine. for my new book. In so April. much swag. <laughs> What's the title of it though? Uh, it's called preachers and sneakers, authenticity in an age of for-profit faith and wannabe celebrities. And you nailed that sub, <laughs> nailed that subtitle. God, it, it took a little iterating, but, uh, yeah, I felt like I don't it was know if that's your publisher, your agent, or you are all together, but that is a that subtitle is a what we would like to call a moneymaker. Yes, <laughs> that is a good subtitle. Well done. Uh, yeah, what you can't see is I'm shaking my head in severe agreement and <laughs> anticipation of hopefully making twelve dollars <laughs> off of this book. All right, Annie Downs. Well, Annie F. Downs to be specific, not the quilter. Don't make quilts, no. You're She's an absolute lovely. pleasure and uh, a dear friend. At least on my end, you know, I we can work. The same. Okay. I feel the same. Uh, I'm super excited about the rollout of your book. I mean, I imagine your super fans have already listened to it. Uh, but for those listening, check out her book. That sounds fun. February 2nd. Yep. And you can go print. to that sounds fun book.com. And that's how you can get the free audio book and all the other jazz you may want. It's all there. That sounds fun book.com. That sounds fun book.com. And where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, it's embarrassing. It's so easy to find me. It's Annie F. Downs in every single place. I Annie mean, I just don't have any other name. So if you're looking for me, you can find me in Annie F. Downs. Twitch, TikTok, yeah, Parlor, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep making jokes, but we can't. We have uh, yeah, to stop no, it can't. at that list. You did a good list, but we're going to stop there. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again for uh, spending this this time with me and for uh, being so gracious and generous with your time and your studio and everything. So thanks wow. for doing this. And I'm glad to be friends with you. Thanks for what you do. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same team. And we will talk to and you if, in a couple months. And you months. can always bust me for my shoes if they're a problem. I will. And you I, don't have to be nice because we're friends. I believe they won't be. I'm pretty confident they won't be. All right. Talk to you in a couple months. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Be sure to check out Annie's new book, That Sounds Fun. Subscribe to her podcast by the same name and check her out on Instagram at Annie F. Downs. I was super pumped to have her on the pod and very grateful for her time. Also, if for some reason you haven't subscribed to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, smash that subscribe button, leave a rating, and maybe even a review if you loved the conversation today. Thanks again for the support. Thanks for spending time with me. And be sure to keep your eye out for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 